Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In Nicomachean Ethics, Book 10, Aristotle revisits the life of pleasure as a candidate for the happy life. And he discusses this in terms of what we translate generally as amusements. The Greek term for that is paideia. And it's coming from the word for child, pais. And it means the sort of things that, that children indulge in and engage in and enjoy. But it also encompasses the things that adults also enjoy, that children perhaps don't enjoy, but are along the same lines. So when we talk about play, that might be another great way to translate paideia is, is play or enjoyment. What is the actual value of this? And does that fit into the happy life? So Aristotle says when we're thinking about happiness itself, we want to attend to activities that are engaged in and chosen for their own sake. Because if we're thinking about things that we do in order to get something else, like for, for example, going to work. Now you might enjoy going to work, but one of the, the great tests for that would be, are you going to keep doing it after you win the lottery? Not just so that you can get out of the house, but so that you can derive the kind of enjoyment that you want to have for a good life. Or if you won the lottery, would you call up your boss and say, that's it for me. There are a lot of activities, even in our day-to-day -day life, that we engage in for their own sake. Some of them are kind of mindless. You know, if you're walking down the street whistling and somebody says, what are you doing that whistling for? You probably don't have much of an answer. You say, well, I just, I just am. And then they might say, well, why are you doing that? So, well, I, I like to. I enjoy that. And somebody else might say, well, I don't enjoy your whistling, so knock it off. But they're not participating in your amusement in, in that case. Maybe they, they come up with their own song. So there's a lot of things that we do for their own sake, not because they are going to produce or to lead to something else. Great example of this in our own time would be watching shows on television or on your computer through say Netflix or Hulu or a cable provider or any of these sorts of things. You sit there and you watch a show and if somebody comes in and says, what are you doing? You say, I'm watching this show. And if they ask you, well, why are you watching that show? Generally what they're saying is, why are you watching that show instead of doing something else? that I expect you should be doing, such as folding the laundry or doing your homework or something along those lines, getting out outside and, and exercising. But if, you, if your answer was something like, well, I'm doing this for my own betterment, that's the sort of dodge that we often have. I'm watching this show because I'm doing research for a paper that I'm writing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. It's quite legitimate Aristotle thinks in a lot of cases just to watch a show in order to watch a show because you like watching this show. Not because you're actually going to write something about it. Not because you're drawing valuable life lessons from it. Although some shows are rather didactic. That was a big thing back in the 70s and 80s and 90s if you think about shows back then. Amusements are things that we do for their own sake because we Enjoy that. If you go to the festival and listen to some music or go to the amusement park and ride on some rides, and if somebody says, well, why are you doing that? The answer is, I like doing that. I enjoy doing that. So now the big question is, how does that fit in with 
happiness, our amusements, what make us happy. And like I put here, many people, Aristotle thinks this is the case, consider those who get to enjoy amusements, at least to the degree that they want to, to be living the happy life. So most of us, if not all of us, enjoy something or another, and most of us get to indulge in it to a certain extent, but we have lots of other constraints upon our time or our property or wealth or income. So, you know, it's not as if you could just watch Netflix for the rest of your life. I mean, theoretically, you probably could at this point because there's enough content in there that you could just keep watching and watching and watching and, and never stop, never actually produce anything other than the activity of sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. Or I suppose you could lay in your bed and do it as well. But most of us have to hold down a job. You know, we have to earn some living that, that puts the food on the table, puts the roof over our head, puts, you know, all the other things that we need into our lives. So a lot of people think of the life where you could just engage in amusements all the time, probably because you're independently wealthy or you're super well connected, to be the best life. And Aristotle says, that's not the case. And he points out a few things right off the bat. Some of these amusements can actually be quite harmful. They can lead us to ignore our health. They can lead us to ignore our property. I would say that another thing they can often lead us to ignore or to put less work into is our careers and our jobs. You know, for a student, for example, it could be fun to play video games, and I've known quite a few students who ended up dropping out because they couldn't keep themselves from playing video games when they were supposed to be studying. And they would come to me and they'd say, I have you know, a video game addiction. And I said, well, you better find a way to break it because you're not going to be able to be a student successfully do the work of a student and make progress and indulge in video games anywhere from six to 10 hours a day. It's just not possible. Somebody could say the same thing about downhill skiing or figure skating or throwing dice or whatever you want. All these things are amusements and they're good in a certain range. Aristotle is not knocking them, but when they become the central feature of our life, they often lead us to, to ignore things that are very important for us and to, it's to our detriment that we ignore them. Relationships would, another, would be another good that perhaps we lessen by focusing too much on amusements. So Aristotle gives a number of different arguments for why amusements are not happiness or the best life, why a life filled with those is not that. One of the things that he considers that's quite interesting, if you think about culture, is the role of what we often translate as powerful people. The actual Greek word here is dunasteia, the word that we get dynasty from. So think about people who have had money in their family for several generations. They were born to money, to parents who were born to money. They live a very different kind of life than the rest of us do, at least most of them do, in part because they're not quite so worried about the sorts of things things that we're worried about, and because it opens up so many other opportunities and allows them to take certain things for granted. Well, here in Wisconsin, when I grew up, there was a very strong class distinction between those who could afford to go downhill skiing, which entailed having a lift ticket and all that sort of stuff, and you have like a little a sticker for each time that you went, and you can tell who, who went downhill skiing a lot because they have a lot of stickers. And then the rest of us schlubs who went uh, cross-country skiing. Cross-country skiing had a very low entry fee. You would do it in public 
parks. You didn't have to pay anything once you had your skis. Uh, the only real risk was of outgrowing your boots. And it was, you know, two different kinds of, of, of activities, right? So the people who have a do not stay up seem to value amusements. They get to spend a lot of time, you know, hanging out and eating nice food and going to events and being seen here and there. So maybe that's really the case. Uh, what about powerful people? They seem to want people around who are actually experts in amusements. They want the people who are the, are the great chefs to be cooks for them. They want to bring in the jugglers for their kid's birthday party and, and so on and so on. Aristotle says, well, powerful people, they're not any smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> they don't provide a particularly good or edifying example. He says, perhaps princes and potentates, that's the way this, this translation goes, are not good evidence. Virtue and intelligence, which are the sources of human higher activities, don't depend upon the possession of power. This is the case. We often see this. Elites, we attribute to them qualities that they don't have. They're not any smarter than the rest of us. They're not any better than the rest of us. As I forget exactly who said it, the rich are in fact different from the rest of us. They have more money. Said similarly with those who have more power or more juice, more connections. So he says, if those persons having no taste for pure and liberal pleasure have recourse to the pleasures of the body, we must not on that account suppose that bodily pleasures are the more desirable. Children, for example, think that certain things are very pleasurable, and they are for children. If you offer a child the opportunity to eat candy all day long, that's great for them. If you let them play video games all day long, they will do that. That doesn't mean that those things are actually good or better. They could be good to a limited extent, but they're not better. So powerful people, the fact that they often seek a life of amusement, sometimes perhaps as a compensation for how much responsibility they have to bear, that's not particularly helpful. The next thing that Aristotle has to say is that amusement is really something for our leisure time. And he says, isn't it kind of weird to think that the whole point of all this activity that we engage in would just be to have a vacation and have a bit of leisure time, you know, the time that we get off of work, 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 work like a dog, so then you can, as we say, work hard, play hard, right? There's something missing to that kind of life, Aristotle thinks. And we do see, in fact, people live like that, and then after a while, they're like, this isn't really that satisfying. I need something that is a better way of living, something that has more meaningfulness to it, not just parties all the time or vacations or going to travel here and there. But that's because it's, in a certain way, a childish form of life. It's a not having yet matured. And I think in our own society, our, our own consumer society, we have entire generations of adult children who never really learned how to live like adults and have the sorts of pleasures that adults can have in meaningful activity rather than just in amusements. That's part of why pop culture has become such an obsession. A little bit of editorializing there, but it's good to bring Aristotle up to date. Another thing that Aristotle says is that the life of virtue, which he thinks to be the happy life, or one of the types of happy life, is in fact a life of what he calls serious purpose and doesn't consist in, although it doesn't rule out, amusements. So if we want the life that really is the happy life, well, then we have to be serious a good bit of the time. What else? Similarly, the activity of the higher faculty, our intellect, our rational faculties. It may, in fact, be part of what contributes to amusement. If you think about joking around, sometimes jokes can be quite uh, intellectual. They often tend to be dry in that case. But 
a lot of what we do with our minds is not just joking around or trying to figure out how to make things pleasant for people. We try to, say, solve problems, real problems. And there's a kind of pleasure that comes with genuine problem solving, ta tackling a real life challenge that is better than doing it in some sim game. A lot of the games that are out there now are, are quite advanced and they sometimes require you to become quite a bureaucrat. At that point, they often become less fun, but they're detached from reality and they're, they're not really engaging the higher faculty the way that real life questions and problems and conundrums do. The final thing that Aristotle points out, and I'm not sure that we were necessarily going to endorse this 100%, is that slaves enjoy amusements. Slaves, meaning actual slaves, people who are unfree, they enjoy amusements just like everybody else. We're talking here about you know private amusements that they're able to do in their own time and public amusements that were put on for them like games, festivals. You know, we would think now in our own time about sporting events, although those often cost money, free concerts, all, all these sorts of things. We don't say that slaves are actually living a happy life. So if slaves are spending their time trying to get amusements, so oftentimes they'll work just so they can have a little bit of amusement, then why would we consider that to be the happy life? So Aristotle's not saying amusement is bad. He is saying that it's not the fundamental goal or the orientation of the happy life. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.